Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, www.whatonearthishappening.com. This show is live every Tuesday evening from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Today is March 8, 2011. We have a good show lined up for you here today. We're going to be joining the Oracle Broadcasting Network in the next hour as part of our ongoing partnership with the Intel Hub Radio Show. And I do a Tuesday night contributorship to that program, which runs on the Oracle Network between 8 and 10 p.m. So uh, we'll be joining them for the second hour. Their website is theintelhubradio.com, and uh, the network that that show runs on is oraclebroadcasting.com. Do check out those websites as well. So I have a couple of event announcements for tonight, as I always start the program with, and then we'll get started. Uh, Tonight, our uh, discussion is going to be on the the continuation of the, the exploration of symbolism, specifically how symbolism is used as a methodology of control and how sacred symbolism is often perverted and used in different contexts to represent something that it most certainly uh, is not going to provide you with. And that is how they basically get you to want their product or service. And we've seen that repeatedly through throughout the, um, the course of our delving into uh, symbolism in general. What we're going to look at tonight is we're going to continue to go into goddess symbolism as we began last week. We started looking at the illuminated torch and the owl last week. We're going to uh, wrap up with the owl symbolism, and then we're going to look at the positive side of the goddess symbolism, which is symbolism of the dove, not necessarily how it is used, but what it is intended to represent. And we'll be looking at the very esoteric side of um, positive goddess symbolism tonight, and then we'll see some examples of how this is perverted and, and used as actually a weapon against us. Um, 
in the second part, uh, we'll be looking at a really dark aspect of goddess symbolism, specifically how the goddess is then ritually murdered or sacrificed. So we'll be looking at examples of the goddess in human sacrifice uh, rituals that are actually conducted in broad daylight. So that's coming up on what on earth is happening tonight. Two event announcements. First and foremost, of course, the upcoming Free Your Mind conference here in Philadelphia, a conference on consciousness, mind control, and the occult. I'm one of the co-hosts and organizers of this great conference coming up next month here in Philadelphia. Saturday, April 9th, and Sunday, April 10th at Ruba Hall, 414 Green Street in Philadelphia, PA. The doors open at 9 a.m., Speakers begin at 10 a.m. There is now posted to the website a tentative schedule. It's not set in stone because, as we all know, uh, changes can come up last minute with speakers canceling or problems occurring. So please keep in mind it's a tentative schedule, but we're going to attempt to uh, stick with that schedule uh, generally. The admission price is only $20 per day if you get your tickets in advance, and if you uh, decide instead to purchase them at the door, Tickets are only $30 at the door each day. The Free Your Mind Conference is a unique two-day event scheduled for April 9th and 10th, 2011 in Philadelphia, featuring multiple speakers and diverse educational materials for the purpose of raising public awareness of the critically important topics of mass mind control techniques, the covert and subversive influences upon our consciousness and behavior, trauma-based and ritualized abuse, and the practical mental and emotional healing methodologies available for those affected by these devices. The featured speakers for the Free Your Mind Conference, Aaron McCollum, Alfred Weber, Andrew Basiago, Bob Tuscan, Farah Yurdozu, Freeman Fly, Jan Irvin, John Nicholson, Joseph Mara, Larkin Rose, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Matika, Mark Passio, Michael Kelly, Paul Marco, and Suzanne Taylor. 16 great speakers. Uh, plus, we will be screening, we will be having an exclusive Philadelphia screening of Suzanne Taylor's great documentary film called What on Earth? Inside the Crop Circle Mystery on Saturday evening. And then on Sunday evening, we will be having a, um, a panel discussion with whatever speakers happen to still be remaining at the event and want to participate. So that's the Free Your Mind Conference coming up Saturday, April 9th and Sunday, April 10th right here in Philly. For more information, please visit the conference website, www.freeyourmindconference.com. The second event announcement is FedStock 2. This is the official End the Fed rally and concert for Philadelphia. The theme this year for FedStock is turn your back on the Federal Reserve. Reduce your Federal Reserve note footprint. They're going to have a lot of bands out at this one. I don't think a location, an exact location or itinerary is scheduled yet, but this will be happening on April 23rd, 2011. April 23rd, that's late next month. FedStock 2 right here in Philadelphia. For more information, on the official Philadelphia End the Fed rally and concert called FedStock 2, please visit www.phillyendthefed.com. You could also visit the uh, organizer's website, 
uh, of the, the, the activist group Truth, Freedom, Prosperity by uh, going to www.truthfreedomprosperity.org. So those are the two event announcements I have for tonight. And let me give the call-in numbers now. Uh, we're going to give two call-in numbers. Um, the first is for the talk show uh, network, which I broadcast the first both hours on, actually. But um, the first hour is only carried through talk show, and then the second hour we go uh, into uh, Oracle Broadcasting. So I'll be connecting to them at the top of the second hour. Let me give the talk show call-in number, which you could use during both hours. Okay, So this number is valid for the entire show. I'll watch the switchboard uh, occasionally. Please, if you call in, hold on the line. I will get to... Uh, to your questions, uh, be patient. And um, uh, this the second hour, I'll give the, the Oracle call-in number, and you can call into that during the second hour. So here we go. The talk show call-in number for what on earth is happening is 724-444-7444. Once again, if you want to call in, call 724-444-7444. And then enter the call ID number, which is 83515. The call ID number for what on earth is happening, 83515. Next hour, I'll give the Oracle call-in number for those of you who wish to call into uh, the Oracle network. So here we go. We were talking last week about subversive symbolism, and we have been talking about this for several weeks. And... We will continue to do so. Uh, I don't want people to get the idea that this is just a show about symbolism who are just tuning in. This is part of a uh, long tapestry of mind control methodologies that are employed against the general population. Symbolism is a hidden language. It is a language that is basically reserved for the initiates of a specific tradition. And those initiates uh, form the core that understands the language that's being spoken, even though it is a wordless language. It is a language that is rooted in form and archetype and color and vibration, etc. Okay? Symbols speak to us at a subconscious level, and therefore it becomes all the more important to understand that language because if we do not, uh, things are being said to us and they're going directly they're bypassing the conscious mind, going directly to the subconscious mind, and we're not understanding any part of that, um, that information that is actually being put into the deeper recesses of the human psyche without our knowledge. Once we do become literate of these symbols, we can understand what their intent is, what the intended um, message that is being planted is, and we can choose whether to take that into us or to reject it at a conscious level. But until we become conscious of what these symbols actually do mean, and they do have meanings, um, and they are used in very specific ways to, to elicit those meanings and to then bring about the desired mode of behavior, until we do understand that language, we're basically uh, powerless to protect ourselves against it. Uh, to those who may wish to use it as a mechanism of suggestion and control, mind control for that matter. So last week we were talking about goddess symbolism and how this is uh, used in the modern culture. We saw it in um, symbols of freedom. We saw it in 
symbols of knowledge, namely the illuminated torch, and then we saw its dark aspect, the symbolism of the owl representing the dark elements of the goddess and the goddess tradition or dark care. They, uh, the goddess generally represents care. It generally represents um, uh, the ability to recognize truth from falsehood. Um, it, rec- it generally rep- represents human emotions. And the owl is the destruction of all of those things. It is basically destroying knowledge for the general public so that a covert group of people can amass all the knowledge and wield it as a weapon. It is the destruction of care, as we saw in the usage of the owl in the Bohemian Groves symbolism last week, uh, which is a dark occult group that uh, basically consists of power brokers from all over the world that meet in Northern California yearly, usually in July, to uh, basically ritualize and set forward their intentions for the continuance of their control and uh, oligarchy over the next, the course of the next year. So um, the Bohemian Grove uh, symbol is the owl. We saw how the owl is used in their major ritual called the cremation of care because it is a ritual that is an absolution ritual designed to forgive them of all of their sins and wrongdoings. They're acting as God. Uh, They'll decide that their sins are forgiven. They'll decide that all of their wrongdoing can be expunged so that they can go out and do it all over again. Basically, what they're ultimately doing is cremating care. Just like the name of the ritual says, they're actually destroying the sacred feminine within the consciousness so that the people who are affiliated with them and basically do their bidding through the course of the year can just absolve themselves of all cares and concerns for what the negative impacts of whatever they're doing uh, does to anyone else. Um, So this is what the ritual is ultimately all about, called the cremation of care that happens at Bohemian Grove. Uh, This is an an ancient uh, uh, analog to rituals that were conducted at Carthage and in in, uh, uh, the land of Phoenicia, Cana, thousands of years ago. So um, this goes back a long way, this dark occult tradition, and it predates even even those traditions. But um, we we also saw how the owl is used on, on money in the dollar bill. We saw how it was used on some corporate logos. We saw how it was used in building architecture, in bank buildings, most notably, because, of course, the uh, elite occultists uh, control the banking industry. So um, these were all ways we saw it used last week. We wrapped up with the owl symbolism last week in one of the ways that it is used in our nation's capital, which, um, of course, is Washington, D.C. We'll be getting into that a little bit more tonight. And I want to go back and uh, refer people up to the website to go back to the uh, the set of images that we were looking at uh, last week because I want to pick up with image number 14 in the section uh, of the symbolism of the owl. So go up to my website at whatonearthishappening.com if you're not already there. Click on the radio listen page, which is the button at the top left-hand side with the radio microphone. Um, and then you're going to, on that page, see uh, images for tonight's show. Under the player, under the, the, the radio player, you'll see images for tonight's show, okay? And that will say March 8, 2011, and you'll see three sets of images. The first one will be the symbolism of the owl, the second, the symbolism of the dove, and the third will say the sacrifice of the goddess. 
So we're looking at the images for the owl symbolism, and we're going to pick up with image number 14 in that section. Okay, so image number 14 in the owl section shows an overhead view. This is uh, taken right from Google Earth. If you have the program Google Earth, you can verify that none of this is made up. You can just go type in Washington, D.C., find the Capitol building, and just direct the, um, the uh, directional um, a compass east, toward the east. So the east is pointing upward, and you will see this image. Um, this is still there. Anyone can go and do it themselves just by downloading the program Google Earth and um, uh, finding the Capitol building. Uh, the Capitol building is a sacred feminine dome, okay, or, or what is a breast symbol. Okay, we will look at that in the next section when we talk about dove symbolism because what this ultimately represents is the dove inside of the owl or having been consumed by the owl. The owl being the dark aspect of goddess symbolism or dark care, having eaten or consumed the positive aspect of the goddess symbolism, the nurturing and intuitive and caring, truly caring elements, which is what Congress is supposed to represent. Congress is another name for sexual union or the coming together of male and female forces, masculine and feminine forces. And uh, that is the path to true enlightenment is the balance between the masculine uh, aspects of the left brain and the feminine aspects of the right brain. Or in other words, uniting our emotions, which is the sacred feminine side of our, of our uh, true self, with our actions, which is the sacred masculine side, what we do with what we know. That's a process of Congress, of union. They call it in different occult traditions, the chemical wedding, often it is referred to as, okay? Uh, because it is a marriage of solar and lunar forces. In this image... Uh, you can see seated uh, atop what looks like a pyramidal-type structure, which we will go into more in coming weeks. I'll look at the extensively the symbolism that is laid out in the street plan of Washington, D.C. We won't be doing that extensively tonight, but we will on a future program. And um, you can see that the owl is actually seated atop this pyramidal structure, and it is completely surrounding the Capitol building. Okay, it um, has a symbolic tail represented, symbolic feet are represented, symbolic ears uh, and wings. Now, in image number 15, if this is difficult for people to see in image number 14, I would suggest that they go to image number 15, which shows an outline of the owl's body and tail. Okay, I've outlined that, and this is traditionally how this has actually been depicted when other researchers will attempt to outline this and show the symbolism of the owl surrounding the Capitol building. Um, one of the <coughs> things that I have noticed is that it also has symbolic wings that are outstretched, basically to show that um, the owl is victorious, okay, or it has basically uh, swooped down and consumed its prey namely the Capitol building and all of the minds and hearts of the people who make decisions in that building. And this is, again, perfectly expresses 
the aspects of the dark occult that have infiltrated just about every area of our society in the modern world, these occultists put their symbols in a hidden way, in a covert way, around um, anything that they have their that they have laid their touch upon. You will find one of their marks. They never do this in an extraordinarily blatant way. They do it in a subtle way, in a way that uh, whoever is looking at it would have to have some prerequisite knowledge of mystery tradition symbolism in order to understand the message that is being spoken. So to someone who just happens to see this and knows no context, they have no contextual framework for which to understand this symbolism, this symbolism is meaningless. But for people who are studied in the occult, for people who have had experience in the occult, for people who know this language, this esoteric language that is reserved for occultists, they understand exactly what's being said here. And that what is being said here is, we own you. We own you. Not only do we own you, we've eaten you. We've consumed you. You're not only owned, you're eaten. You've been eaten is the message here. Okay, Because in the belly of the owl sits the Capitol building itself. And they're telling, even the people who are puppets at this level of government, they're telling you, the occultists that own those people are telling them, you've been devoured. Because you're serving our agenda, whether you know it or not. And it speaks volumes. To me, it, this isn't a whisper. To me, this is a huge shout through a bullhorn right uh, two inches from your ear. But that's because I understand this symbolism. And most people do not, and therefore they'll readily dismiss it from a left-brain perspective, having absolutely no knowledge of what it really means. So, you know, my, my suggestion to people like that is believe whatever you want. Enjoy what you have, it's the best it's ever going to get, and you're never going to see anything in your life improve as long as you remain in that level of pure ignorance. But you want to continue to believe that? You go right ahead. Symbols are meaningless. They say nothing. They don't affect you. You're not affected by any of this. Enjoy what you have. That's my only suggestion to people like that because they're stuck in a pure left-brain perspective of the world and they think they have it all figured out, and there's nothing that they can learn or understand that, that they don't already know. Good luck with that, and enjoy it. So that's what I wanted to wrap up in uh, the first section, which you know I just really wanted to emphasize what the message is here, okay? And hopefully people can clearly see that and then you know verify it for themselves. Uh, we'll be looking more at, uh, DC symbolism, specifically from overhead images of the street plan uh, in, a, in a future week when we talk about how this symbolism is used in different forms of architecture, street plans, etc. We'll, we'll have, probably have two shows on that as well. Again, I'm going to spend a lot of time on symbolism because if you don't understand this language, you can't understand the mentality of the dark occult. And if you don't understand the dark occult, you can't counter it. You need to know the psychology of the enemy in order to basically counterbalance what they're doing and to, and, and to understand what it is they're doing. 
So uh, tonight we're going to shift gears a little and we're going to look at the positive aspects of the goddess symbolism. And then, unfortunately, we need to go to an even darker place than we've already gone and look at how the positive aspect of the goddess symbolism is then ritualistically murdered, ritualistically destroyed, okay, through uh, symbolic world events that are basically human sacrifice rituals done in the light of day for all to see, but nonetheless, they are, they are directed by a covert um, hidden hand that is basically pulling the strings, calling the shots, and this is done uh, symbolically, okay, not only for the fear that it invokes, but it is done to symbolically destroy the positive aspects or symbols of the goddess. Over and over again, you can see this. And we're coming up to a time when it is particularly important to watch for events as we're going to talk about tonight. Because we're entering a time period that is very critical for the dark occultists, that they revere, that they hold in high regard. It's called the season of sacrifice. And it, it stretches from March 19th to May 1st. And we'll talk more about that as we unfold more of this symbolism. I'll probably need to speak on that a little bit uh, next week before we uh, actually enter that season. Because, let's see, two weeks from today, uh, it will, it, we will already be in it. So I'll probably discuss that in, in the first or second part of the show next week. But um, it's a critical time period to understand. I'll probably have a couple of slides along with the, uh, the, the show next week to help people to understand that a little bit better. Uh, the, the, the time of the year, the time frame of the year known as the season of sacrifice, what it is and why so many uh, events that are extremely disturbing and, um, and uh, inspire so much fear in the population occur during this time period. So uh, that'll be coming up as well. Let's start to look at the positive symbol of the goddess, the dove, okay? So in image number one there, I just put the basic symbol, uh, a dove, a white dove, its, it's wings outstretched and, um, uh, you know, illuminated by light. This has traditionally been, this, been a symbol of the goddess, okay, or the sacred feminine aspects of consciousness from time immemorial. This symbol has been used for thousands of years to represent the sacred feminine. And we can see uh, how many ways that it is employed in religious symbolism in the modern world. So what the dove represents is the human spirit. It represents our emotional aspects. It represents nurturing, care, creativity, truth. Um, getting in touch with the repercussions of what your actions do to other people, knowing that and owning it and taking responsibility for it. That's what the dove ultimately represents. This is the positive aspects of the goddess tradition, the positive aspects of the whole goddess concept. All right? Now, if we look at modern religious traditions, we will see the dove come up over and over again as well. But most notably, it comes up in Christianity. Christianity has the dove as one of its primary symbols of its trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right? We've already talked about this trinity. 
many times in past shows and understood how it is but a symbolic analog of thought, emotion, and action, the three manifestations of human consciousness in the world. Okay, The only three ways we can really ultimately manifest or express our consciousness. Yes, we have speech, but speech is a manifestation of our thoughts. Okay, so thought and speech and emotions and actions. All right, these three uh, aspects, thought, emotion, and action, are the esoteric meaning of the Trinity in different religious traditions and have been throughout time. But the, the physical personification of these three modalities of consciousness is the exoteric uh, version of the Trinity. It's always put outside of the self to represent something that lies outside of you, okay? To get you to stay focused on the outward instead of turning the attention inward to understand what you're made of and to look at your thoughts, your emotions, your actions and understand that these are the expressions of consciousness. These are the expressions of the divine. These are the greatest gifts of the creator and how we use them is what the whole mystery of life is all about. But they always want you to put, uh, take, you know, remove responsibility from yourself and look outward. Look to the outside. It's only about belief. Believe in something. Okay? Don't, don't worry about how you think, how you feel, and how you act. Just accept something outside of yourself as something that's going to save you, you know, from yourself. And then, you know, as long as you believe in that, you'll be fine. And this is nonsense, obviously. And uh, this is something that religions want to get people to accept because then they never really live a, a, um, a life of any kind of self-examination. They never really lead a life that is truly in pursuit of knowledge, that is truly in pursuit of changing one's ways of thinking or, or of feeling so that we learn how to really do good works in the world. And religion wants to de-emphasize. Many religious traditions want to de-emphasize good works and just say, oh, it's just about belief or it's just about acceptance or it's just about you know, this or that. But it's not about actually getting out there and engaging and changing the world through changing your own thoughts and emotions and then applying them through an act of will. That's what they don't want you to think about. That's what they don't want you to know. That's what they don't want you to understand. And most of all, that's what they don't want you to live. Because that would truly change the world for the positive if more people did it. So, in order to uh, target most effectively the most important component of this, they need to remove the sacred feminine figure to the extent that they can Okay, so there's no divine mother in this trinity, right? Everything happened through male-only aspects, okay? The dove isn't considered a woman, per se, in the Christian tradition. Oh, it's a symbol of a spirit or something that is dead, okay? Not necessarily dead, meaning not imbued with life, but a spirit is like a ghost, it's something that is not in the physical world. It's not present. That's what I mean by dead. Okay? 
the sacred feminine aspect or the divine mother of the Trinity has been removed or symbolically killed and is represented only by a spirit, the Holy Spirit, depicted as a dove. Because in older traditions, which is where we talked about Christianity being derived from when we looked at astrotheology, in older traditions, having this trinity, the uh, sacred feminine aspect or the divine mother was often symbolically depicted as a dove because since it was the lunar aspect of consciousness, the moon in its crescent form, which we're going to see repeated, we're going to see symbolism of the moon and we're going to see crescent moon symbolism coming up, okay? The moon was was symbolically portrayed as a white dove with its wings outstretched, traversing the sky. Okay? The, the, the dark aspects of uh, consciousness, meaning those that are internalized, not meaning that they're dark as far as evil. See, the light aspects are those which we show to others, our actions. Therefore, they're solar. They're, they're, they're available to see during the day, you know, for all to see, our actions. The darker or internalized aspects are our emotions. Nobody can really immediately you know, tell what your internal emotional makeup is upon first meeting you. It's something that is veiled initially. Then through your actions, they could probably tell what your emotional makeup is all about. But initially, it's something that is dark or reserved or veiled. Therefore, it is lunar. It is uh, something that uh, is analogous to the qualities that represent night or darkness. So... Since it is the symbol of the moon and the divine mother, all right, um, and we see how the dove represents the crescent moon, okay, uh, as it traverses the night sky, we saw all of those symbols connected with the goddess in previous sections, specifically the section where we talked about astrotheology. In the Christian trinity of Father, Son, and Spirit, this has been delegated to a, a symbol only. The Divine Mother is not depicted. So Mary in the Christian tradition is not considered one of the divine elements of the Trinity, whereas she has been considered uh, one of the aspects of consciousness and one of the aspects of divinity in every other tradition which uses this uh, anthropomorphized uh, Trinity. Okay? Um, instead, they symbolically... Uh, replace her with a dove and this is the holy spirit again because she is the spirit of the threefold aspect of consciousness our thoughts being the creator aspect okay or the father god all right that would be mind mental aspects right then the sacred feminine or our emotions is the spirit aspect in this mind-body-spirit connection. And then, of course, our actions, which are male, they're masculine in nature. We, we do them outwardly, not inwardly, like emotions that is the feminine aspect, right? Um, the actions are considered a byproduct of thought and emotion, which are the father and mother, okay? And therefore, a son, a male child, is born into the world, which is our actions. And therefore, you have the Son of God and the goddess, or the Holy Spirit. See, so the Holy Spirit is the goddess in the Christian tradition, represented by a dove. But it is simply Mary in this tradition. 
although the church doesn't officially recognize that because they are masculinizing the Trinity and removing the sacred feminine, which is the most important aspect of consciousness. If we really want to get to truth or to true care, we need to um, uh, hone our emotions. We need to actually get in touch with our emotions at a deeper fundamental level because this is what creates true conscience and true understanding of natural law principles. If we basically cut this quality out of ourselves, who knows what our actions are going to be like. They're not going to be in harmony with truth. They're not going to be in harmony with justice or true wisdom. They're going to just wander all over the place, and basically sometimes they'll be in harmony with natural law, and sometimes they won't, and it'll be accidental when they're in in, in uh, harmony with natural law. This is what the whole checkerboard floor of the house and Freemasonry represents. Until you really advance your consciousness to a higher level, you're a wanderer between light and darkness in your actions, never knowing really which is which. It means people who cut this part of their, their themselves out or don't really uh, develop it uh, never really truly know fully whether their actions are in harmony with natural law principles or not whether they are actually acting within their rights or not. They don't really know what their rights are and what they are not. And we talked about that before in our discussions on natural law. So understand that the, the dove in this context, in image number two here, is the, the, the goddess of the, the divine trinity, which ultimately represents our emotions in the thought, emotion, and action, or mind, spirit, body uh, connection. That's what it represents in the esoteric sense. Okay? Now, in image number three, we're going to really understand how this applies and really see how it relates to the human brain physiology, which we've talked about extensively on the show in the past. This is the Christian depiction of Mary, the Blessed Mother, or the sacred feminine aspect of the Trinity. Okay? And this is, she is the Holy Spirit in this Trinity. The church would never acknowledge that or, or uh, speak of her in such a way because, again, they want to keep segregated the feminine aspect because this is a male-dominator solar cult religion. And it's there as a mechanism for control, for the continuation of control, controlled by the dark occultists that own and control the Vatican and the entire church and continue a pedophile network, which watched the movie... Um, uh, sex crimes in the Vatican to understand the nefariousness which with, with which priests have been shuffled around by high-level people in the Vatican, namely the Pope right now, the current Pope, Benedict, okay? Uh, when he was in a position of cardinal, this guy acted to co cover up these sex crimes and basically shuffle the priests around so that they can continue to do the same thing. I neglected to post this uh, video in the last uh, uh, podcast, but I'll, I'll put it up on the website this week. I'll definitely uh, endeavor to remember to do that so people can watch this one. Maybe I'll send it out as my file mailing this week. I have a file mailing. If you get on my mailing list, I send it out bi-monthly. I'm late with it this uh, month because um, I usually send it out in the first week, but I'm a little late with it because I had a speaking engagement over the, over the uh, weekend. So... Um, I'll probably send out this documentary 
uh, put it up on the link to it on the site and send it out in my file mailing for th this week. Let's look at how this goddess symbolism is used in Christianity, but what it's saying. See, if it, for those who are looking at it from the exoteric point of view, this will just be Mary, a symbol of Christianity, you know, uh, Jesus' mother, but they will not really deeply understand the esoteric nature of the symbolism and how powerful it is in what it is actually saying to us. So here we see in the left-hand image, let's focus on the left-hand image first, okay, in image number three on dove symbolism, all right, we see um, the depiction of the Father God, okay, the Creator God, God the Father, in the heavens, okay, at the very top of the image, bathed in light, the clouds are parted, he's in another dimension of being, angels are around him, etc. Now below that you have the traditional depiction of the Holy Spirit, which is the dove, the white dove with its wings outstretched, okay? And then right underneath that is Mary herself, okay? Now, in Mary's heart in this image is the sun, and it says IHS on it. These are the first three letters of the name of Jesus in Greek, okay? Greek, in Greek, the name Jesus is spelled Ieta, uh, I'm sorry, Iota, um, Eta, uh, Sigma, Upsilon, Sigma or I-E-S-U-S, um, Jesus. There's no J per se in Greek, as there is no J in classical Latin, okay? So, Jesus, or Jesus, right? Uh, Ieta, uh, I'm sorry again, uh, Iota, Eta, Sigma, Upsilon, Sigma. And the first three letters of this are always depicted as the symbolic name for Jesus in Christianity. You will see this on banners in Christianity. You will see it on prayer uh, missiles, on hymnals. You'll see it on uh, robes of priests. You'll see it on funerary uh, um, uh, cloths that are laid on top of uh, uh, caskets. You'll see it on crosses sometimes. But most frequently, if you notice, if you take the time to notice, when you receive a host or a piece of communion, it is actually stamped on the communion wafer, IHS, okay? So, uh, and most of the time it is. Some of them have different stylizations on them, but you will see this depicted on some um, uh, communion wafers. So, here we see it, these three letters on Mary's chest, right at her heart level, because she is the bearer of the sacred child, the sacred masculine child of, of right moral action in the world, depicted by symbolically representing Jesus or the sun. She is the night sky, the lunar goddess, the goddess of the night sky. Here you see around her uh, head is depicted the halo of illumination with stars, because she represents, as Isis did, as Semiramis did, okay, all names that we talked about in older goddess traditions, she represents the night sky, okay, the heavenly cloak of night and all of the stars within it. She is the mother of the stars, just like our sun is a star in this solar system, okay? She is the mother of it, and she is the bearer 
because she is the emotional qualities that if they are honed, if they are worked with, if they are developed, give birth to true positive moral action in the world, which represents the light or the sun. Okay? Now, since she is the sacred feminine part of the, of the uh, consciousness, and specifically she is also physiologically the midbrain of the brain complexes, we look, when we looked at the brain, we saw that the brain stem and cerebellum formed something called the R-complex, or the reptilian brain. This is the lower consciousness part of the brain that is always reactive, is always based in instinct and survival, modality only, okay? Uh, never really takes into consideration any higher thought. It just reacts, okay? It doesn't care. It just reacts. It's fight-or-flight modality. Okay, if a predator or something dangerous is coming at you, you have to make a decision. Do you fight or do you run? So this is the reactive mode of the brain, the R-complex. Above that seats, uh, is seated the limbic system, the limbic brain. This is the mammalian brain or the part of the brain that helps us uh, experience emotion because of the chemicals that it can generate. All right, so this is the emotional part of the brain. And the positive and negative elements of emotion are contained, uh, made possible through this part of the brain, the limbic system, the hippocampus, the hypothalamus and hypothalamus, the pituitary gland, the pineal gland, these are in the midbrain, okay? So it's all of the secretion parts of the brain, all of the parts of the brain that secrete uh, any kind of uh, peptides or or neurochemicals that basically make up our emotional uh, that comprise our emotional makeup. So this is what Mary represents. She is the limbic brain, but she is the positive elements of those emotions. She isn't the fear element, okay, that connects down with the R complex. She's the part that connects us with the love emotion, the positive side of the uh, emotional polarities, which is love and fear, okay? That's what she represents, love, all right? She represents true care, not dark care like the owl represents, which devours the goddess in the previous example that we saw. Mary represents the pure purity of the dove, okay, of true care and love. And this is what the Holy Spirit is supposed to represent, all right? It's the only thing that actually gives birth to, through a connection with the Creator, Okay, the, the, the symbolic representation of the creator. Okay, it's the only thing that gives birth to true, right, moral action in the world, which is symbolically depicted by the Jesus figure. Okay, and has been traditionally represented by the sun. So all of astrotheology is in here, is depicted here. We have the lunar cult, we have the the, um, the cult of the stars and planets, or the, cre- the, the, the cult of the creator God, okay, which is the Jehovah uh, aspect here, Yahweh slash Jehovah slash creator in general, which is depicted up at the top there. Then the lunar cult depicted by the dove, and then the solar cult depicted by the sun there in Mary's chest, because it's connected with the heart and the emotions. Now, notice that Mary is almost always in different statues that, uh, that depict her, she is standing with a foot upon a serpent or crushing the head of a snake, okay? 
And in both of these examples, we'll move on to the second image momentarily, but in both of these examples, she is keeping a serpent or a snake or a reptile at bay. Okay? And in doing so, she is providing protection, specifically in the second example. All right? We'll move on to that in a minute. Let's just focus on image number one uh, first, uh, on the left-hand side, I should say. You can see that there is a moon symbolically depicted by the way Mary is holding the rosary beads. This is a, the prayers that are offered to the goddess in Christianity, the Hail Mary prayer. Okay, So that's what these rosary beads basically represent, a, seri- a chain of prayers or invocations to the goddess. Okay, They're often used uh, to, uh, in, in the sacrament called penance or reconciliation. It's a confession of sins, and then you're given to say many of these Hail Marys, these prayers, invoking the goddess, which is your emotions, to uh, endeavor not to get you to do the same thing that you did again, uh, not to get, to get you to stop doing the same the thing that you previously did all over again. Okay, And this is the punishment for different sins, and as the sins are more severe, you get more Hail Marys in the sacrament of penance by the priest. But anyway, that's what this rosary bead represents for those who may not be uh, familiar with the Christian uh, religious tradition. And uh, yes, you see the symbol of the cross there at the bottom, right next to the snake head. That's the the, uh, bottom of the rosary beads. So um, that's what these beads basically represent, is prayers or invocations to the goddess. And it's an appeal to the emotional uh, aspects of self, to get you to recognize your wrongdoings and not repeat them. But it's also, they're in the shape of a moon, a half moon here, okay? Or maybe slightly less than a half moon if you take the slight dip into consideration there by the top portion of the beads, okay? So this is a moon um, in its approximate uh, half phase aspect, okay? She is standing on the serpent. The serpent represents the R-complex or the reptile brain, clearly, okay? And as the positive aspects of the limbic system or the mammalian brain getting in touch with the emotions is what will keep the serpent in its proper place in its place as the simply part of the brain that should regulate movement digestion breathing etc things we need for basic base survival okay and when there is a need to physically um, react quickly But to stay in this part of the brain all the time leads to extreme psychopathic thinking and behaviors, okay? If it's chronic. And we saw what chronically living in the R-complex of the brain does to the neocortex of the brain. We saw actual brain scans in former podcasts where the the brain is literally devastated. Uh, The neocortical... um, synaptic firing patterns of the brain are literally shut down and we cannot really engage in higher modalities of thought or in any of the types of, uh, of um, thinking that really truly make us human, including moral thinking, artistic creativity, um, true uh, intuition or nurturing, true scientific thought, you know, true reason, None of this stuff is, is possible if the R-complex is ruling the entire brain. And what they're 
what is symbolically being taught here, although not out in the open, to the to the esoteric initiates, it is understood that in, unless we really develop the true aspects of the emotional qualities that exist within us, we're going to be ruled by the serpent. We're going to be ruled by the reptilian consciousness. And that's going to lead to basically disorder and ultimately disaster. And we're well on our way to that, ladies and gentlemen, well on our way, unless we turn it around by getting out of these juvenile depictions of what these images and symbols really represent, thinking that they're actual, literal uh, things, that these are telling us some kind of literal story, and understand them symbolically for what they really represent, and then we would get out of the mind control called religion and out of the mind control called government because we would recognize the reptilian consciousness people that are really ruling us, not in any way acting as any kind of servants, but rather as serpents. Okay, And we would put that other form of mind control to an end, and then maybe we would really begin to think for ourselves because we would understand self instead of being ruled by the lower qualities of it, namely the R-complex of the brain and reptilian modes of thinking that go along with it, reactive thinking. So we, um, we see in image number two here, or I should say the right-hand side of this image, and I'll try to wrap this up before the top of the hour, we'll connect into revolution broadcasting in several minutes. Um, we see, again, Mary depicted as the crowned queen of heaven, illuminated. She wears, in this example, the cloak of the stars because she is also the night sky. This one is great. I mean, this one really puts it all together, okay? She's, she's crowned by the angels as the queen of heaven. They're put, getting ready to put the crown on her head. The cloak of the night stars, the dark cloak with the pinpoints of light in it, okay, because she is the night. She gives birth to the sacred male child who she's holding it holding in her arms, and also is coming out from underneath her cloak at the bottom, okay? She's holding up a male child and then uh, symbolically bearing the male child down at the bottom who represents Jesus or Horus, who is coming out from under her cloak, or in other words, out from the night sky as the sun does during the dawn at the beginning of the new day. There's a crescent moon that she is standing upon because she is the moon goddess, and she is holding the serpent at bay in the name of protection of the small children, which is innocence or care. And that's why they want this goddess murdered. This goddess needs to be the focal point of true, esoteric Christianity instead of being removed from the Trinity. This is the worst thing that could have ever happened to this uh, mode of thought, which originally was Gnostic thinking in early Christian times, which uh, then got taken over by Constantine during the Council of Nicaea and turned into the sun cult of Sol Invictus, but just, you know, they gave it a different name. That's all. That's all that happened. That's all that the, the, the religion, the modern religion of Christianity is. It's a continuation of pagan solar cult mythology. And Constantine is to thank for that through the Council of Nicaea. Just research it. Okay? But he needed to crush the uprising that was happening because true esoteric Christianity or the Gnostic tradition, which is about 
truly knowing oneself, understanding one's connection to the divine, and getting in touch with all the aspects of consciousness to become a truly awakened person, we're starting to catch on. And Roman leaders couldn't have that because they would not be able to rule people like that. They wouldn't be able to control them. So he had to basically uh, denigrate that religion down to the stage of astrotheological nonsense. Uh, again, but there, you know, if you can see through that level, and very few can or will acknowledge it because they, they want their little box, they want their box of consciousness to remain safe in, if they, you know, if they can acknowledge that, they can see a whole new depth of knowledge and a whole new depth of wisdom unfold right before their eyes through the symbols of their own so-called religion. But 99.999% of Christians have never even considered any of this in this light at all, at all, and probably never will because it would, they would need to admit that there's something deeper than these, that these symbols actually mean, it would, they would need to admit that they were lied to by the church as it, as it operates in today's world, and they would need to really acknowledge that ultimately what this tradition is ultimately about in its origins is about the self and changing the self. And that's the last thing most people want to deal with or even look at. Again, as I've said before on this show, they would rather run a thousand miles an hour in the opposite direction and, and meet their death rather than take that true responsibility unto themselves. So, we have about uh, a couple of minutes before I connect into uh, Revolution Broad... Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> slip of the tongue there. Before we connect into Oracle Broadcasting, I have a caller on the line. Here we go. Caller on the TalkShoe Network, uh, non-member. You're on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us? Hello, Mark. It's Bob from Cincinnati. How's it going? Great, Bob. Great to hear from you. Oh, great to talk to you. Boy, you know, I'm like Chris, uh, who, who's out there towards you in Philly. Uh, uh, we're all just taking all this in. It's, it's overwhelming, uh, the, the amount of depth to these symbols that have been in our eyes for so long, but we had no clue of what they've truly meant. So thank you again uh, for explaining uh, these symbols to us, Mark. Absolutely, Bob. Um, it's a progression, you know, it's, it's something that really people need to see the tapestry of, and it crosses over in so many other disciplines. So it takes a, a wide berth of knowledge in order to put it in its proper perspective. But I hope that I've done that, uh, in a way that is, uh, somewhat acceptable over the last 50 weeks and we'll continue to do it and, and break down, uh, uh, more and more and, uh, hopefully get people to a higher level of, of understanding about how all of this fits together in the world that they see unfolding around them. So, Bob, I thank you for that, and I appreciate you calling in. And uh, call in back anytime. Always love to hear from you. Okay, thanks, Mark. Uh, maybe I'll catch you in the next hour. I've got a, a question, a, a deeper question. Okay, no problem. Uh, just if you want to hold on the line, and I'll go back to you uh, when we have some more time, uh, I will um, uh, basically make the transition over to Oracle now. And then um, uh, when we come back from that break, uh, I could, I, I could uh, run into some more symbolism, and then I can bring you back on a little bit later. I will be patient. You got it, Bob. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. All right, so we're approaching the top of the hour, folks. Uh, bear with me. I'm going to connect into Oracle Broadcasting right now, and you'll be hearing their uh, commercials and announcements uh, until... Um, uh, Bob uh, and uh, and Shepard put me uh, put me through uh, to the network. So here we go.
You have reached the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network call-in line. After the beep, please say your name and where you're calling from, and the on-air host will take your call momentarily. Mark Passio, what on earth is happening? Uh oh, folks, breaking free from the mind control. Here we go. $5 a gallon gas comes to Los Angeles. You're listening to the Intel Hub radio show. And uh, West uh, Covina Mobile Gas Station is charging $4.99 and 9 tenths of a cent for premium gasoline. Not quite $5, but almost. It's amazing how fast prices for gasoline have gone up in Southern California. Inflation, oil speculation, Middle East tensions, uh, who really knows? Only thing I know for sure is that the common commuter will be paying the price. This is a video that uh, George Fertitel put up at our website about this at uh, theintelhub.com. And we'll be joined in just a moment uh, for this hour with Mark Passio. His segment's called What on Earth is Happening with Mark Passio. Tonight, he'll be continuing the exploration of goddess symbolism, including the owl, the dove, and how the goddess is symbolically destroyed in human sacrifice rituals. This guy has a wealth of information, and that's why we let him present his valuable, in-depth studies on the occult on our program every Tuesday in the second hour of the program. That's our contributor, Mark Passio, his website. Once again, whatonearthishappening.com. All right, looking at uh, other things in the news, if you missed the program last night with Steve Quayle and Greg Evenson, check it out. We had an alert from Hawk. Hawks alert about uh, the upcoming possibility of martial law. And I don't like to focus on the fear-mongering aspect of it. I don't like to focus on the doom and gloom. And I don't like to focus on uh, the specifics, really. I think no matter which way you slice it, we need to get prepared. And we need to take a close look at this story and this alert. Uh, This alert was sent to us, and we felt it was important to post. Take it for what it is. It's an alert from credible sources, but one that the Intel Hub has not independently confirmed. And uh, this is a martial law communications net, including numerous foreign assets, well, fully established uh, between approximately 2 o'clock and 3 a.m. Eastern time, Saturday morning, March 5th, inside uh, this uh, article. It talks about how they are planning a communication change And uh, there's a lot of uh, talk uh, about this upcoming martial law state that we'll be living in, folks. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I keep an open mind. And it seems very clear, though, that they have incrementally introduced this police state, cracking down on our rights. And uh, the DHS concludes they have authority to monitor political activists or advocacy groups. 
this is an article also at the intelhub.com. So they're coming after us. They're, they're cracking down on our rights. And what can we do but uh, continue to press for truth, continue to expose the lies, bring light to the darkness, and it goes on and on and on. Uh, check out the article by Cassandra Anderson on our website. Uh, it says, uh, this is from morphcity.com, her website, of course. It says, beware, is your favorite charity infiltrated? And uh, there's a lot of charities out there. I know a lot of our listeners are suspicious of just about any organization. And, uh, of course, the Planned Parenthood, uh, a NPO, a charity, um, has deep roots in eugenics. And they seek to have employees promote abortions to boost profits. And we have, uh, who is it? Um, oh, uh, Bill Gates uh, with Microsoft. He's involved with that. His father, I believe, is involved with that. All right, we'll talk about that and so much more on future shows. And uh, now we'll be joined uh, on the next segment here with Mark Passio. What on earth is happening? And we'll be right back with the Intel Hub radio show on oraclebroadcasting.com. Hi there, Mark. Hey, Bob. What's up? You here? Yep. All right, we'll have the first hour go. Great, great. I uh, basically uh, finished up the symbolism on the owl and then went into uh, dove symbolism, and I got through about three images. I'll probably pick it up from image number three, maybe recap a bit with that, and then uh, move forward from there. Okay, and you have the time clock still, right? Yes, I do. Okay, and um, we'll take calls uh, at some point if you like. I'll be happy to relay them to you at uh, 866, uh, what's our number, 866, I had it in front of me. 841. Uh, you know the number, right? Yeah, I got it here. I'll give it out in the first segment. All right, no worries. All right, and I'll play your introduction like we did last time. We'll jump right into it. Awesome. Thank you, Bob. Cool, man. And have about uh, a minute or so before the break. Before the break ends. We're on the break in between the break. Stretch your buying power in these hard financial times by saving up to be here. We have about 40 people in the chat room still. Not bad. And away from the big banks. Reserve your wealth from microinflation. Had about 50 at the beginning of the show. And increasing your sales. Visit freeworldmarket.com now. Imagine no longer being tired right, yeah, stand by. but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile Talk Radio from TalkStream Live. Available in the iTunes App Store. Hey, this is Chris and Cherie, host of Truth Frequency, here to tell you all about our favorite suppliers of NPO Jensen's sacred plants, Bouncing Bear Botanicals. This is the only supplier that I trust for fresh ayahuasca vine directly from the Amazon Basin. Just go to truthfrequencyradio.com and click on the banner right on our front page. And don't forget, Chris, Bouncing Bear also offers only the freshest Amanita Nistaria, San Pedro Cactus, Salvia Divinum, High Kratom, and much, much more. 
So order now through our website, truthfrequencyradio.com, by clicking on the banner. Your order will be shipped securely, and your information is always kept safe and confidential. And by ordering through truthfrequencyradio.com, not only will you get the best customer service on the planet, but you'll also be supporting the show. So don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, tap into the Truth Frequency every Saturday at 10 o'clock Central on Oracle Broadcasting, truthfrequencyradio.com. And it is Tuesday, so that means we are now joined with our good friend, contributor to the program, Mark Passio, with a segment we like to call, What on Earth is Happening? And let's jump right into that. Here we go. Another edition of What on Earth is Happening on the Intel Hub radio show. Freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got the groove on freedom, the good book says. Welcome. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening. This show will discuss the topics of human consciousness, mind control, natural law, the occult, and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of Earth. What on Earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Freedom, that is what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Mark Passio, and this segment is called What on Earth is Happening here on the Intel Hub Radio Show. Welcome to our listeners from Oracle Broadcasting. It's great to be here. I will be appearing on this show every Tuesday evening at 9 p.m. Today is Tuesday, March 8, 2011, and uh, my full show begins at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, basically we come into Oracle as part of the second hour of the show. So I want listeners to be aware of that. We've already been discussing our topics, and we'll pick up for the second hour, and I'll recap a little bit. I want to give the call-in number for anyone listening on Oracle uh, Broadcasting. If they'd like to call into the show, feel free. There's never any taboo topics here. The Oracle call-in line is 866-841-1065. Once again, 866-841-1065. The next thing I'd like to do is direct everyone to my website, www.whatonearthishappening.com. There you will be able to find the images that we are going to discuss this evening on the show. 
Uh, tonight's show is on symbolism, and the next many shows will be on symbolism because uh, this is part of an ongoing series and a tapestry of information that we've been discussing for many weeks on this uh, program. And uh, the images are critically important. They're, they're, you have to really see them to understand what's being discussed here. So go up to the website, whatonearthishappening.com. On the left-hand side, you'll see a radio listen button. Okay, click that. It'll say listen live. You click that, you're going to be taken to the radio listen page. There's a player there. If you're listening on Oracle, no problem. You don't need to use that. But uh, underneath that player, there will, it'll say images for tonight's show. And there are three sections, owl, dove, and uh, sacrifice of the goddess. Okay, we're talking about goddess symbolism tonight, how it's used, the types of things that it's used to elicit, what it really represents, deep, uh, its deep meaning, its esoteric meaning, okay? And uh, we're going to see lots of examples of goddess symbolism and, and uh, how, how it goes to work on the human subconscious mind and what it's really used to represent. So we, were, uh, we covered the owl symbolism last week and at the beginning of this week's uh, show in the earlier hour. Tonight we're looking at the positive aspects of of goddess symbolism, and we've been looking at the dove, which represents the goddess in many different occult traditions, and we saw how it is used in the trinity of Christianity to represent the Holy Spirit. We were looking at image number three on the dove section where we left off, and we were looking at how the um, the symbol of the dove represents the Holy Spirit in this tradition, but it is the removal of the sacred feminine that it actually represents because the sacred feminine or the mother of the Christian trinity is the, the Mary figure or the Mary character in the stories of, of Christianity and the birth of Jesus. Uh, this is because the mother figure represents human emotion. Okay, It is the sacred uh, feminine, internal quality of consciousness, the three qualities of consciousness being thought, emotion, and action, thought being the creator aspect, uh, emotion being the sacred feminine aspect or spirit, and action being the sacred male aspect or um, the, the things that we actually do with what we know and how we feel, what we bear into the world through our, the combination or the marriage of our thought and emotion. So we have the creator figure and then uh, uh, the, the sacred uh, mother figure, okay, giving birth to, okay, through their union, the sacred uh, masculine child of right moral action in the world. This is the esoteric or the underlying meaning of these seemingly external symbols that religion gives to us. Because religion always wants us focused on the external, never really turning inward and understanding the internal qualities of ourselves, our psyche, our consciousness, and the ways that we truly work. So these are symbolic analogs to qualities of consciousness, and moreover, they are symbolic analogs to the physiology of the brain. We were looking at the second-hand side of uh, the, the right-hand side of this uh, image, image number three, which depicts two representations of Mary or the Blessed Mother in the Christian tradition. And um, we see that in each, she is holding a serpent at bay or a reptile, a snake, okay? 
In the left-hand image, she has her foot upon the head of a snake. In the right-hand image, she is holding a serpent in the sea at bay from reaching these uh, uh, innocent children. Okay, We saw that the dove is another representation symbolically of the moon. And here we see the crescent moon aspect of the goddess because she was, in ancient traditions, depicted as the moon. The, the, the dove is a symbolic representation of the moon in its crescent aspect at night, a white crescent, okay? Depicting the dove with its wings outstretched, traversing the night sky. Here, Mary uh, wears the cloak of heaven, the, the dark cloak with the stars embedded in it. She gives birth to the male child depicted underneath her, because, uh, which is symbolically Jesus, it depicts that the night sky bears the sun into existence at dawn, at the break of day. Okay? This is astrotheology. This is basic astrotheological concepts, which we have covered in depth on this radio show. If you go to the podcast section of my website, you will see in depth uh, 50, uh, 49 previous podcasts that you can download and listen to to catch up on this tapestry of information. We'll continue with goddess symbolism right after this break. Hey, this is Jack Mudd, host of Deadline Live. For years now, I have been cheating the multinational pharma cartels and have avoided expensive doctor bills by taking Enerboo products every day. These are the products that the powers of do not want you to know about and with Codex Alimentarius legislation are actively trying to ban. Why? Because if you take better food, coconut milk powder, and switch to all organic Nutri Cafe coffee and Cucumber Mojo, you won't need them. Go to enerfood.com today to learn more about how a daily inexpensive intake of nature's superfood will increase your immune system by flushing out toxins and how this will increase your energy, stamina, and focus. You know, you can't take on the new world order from your couch. E-N-E-R-F-O-O-D.com, or give them a call today, 866-762-9238, 866-762-9238. Tell them Jack Lutz sent you. A wealthy U.S. citizen is predicting that in 2011, we will witness the most important day in America in more than 50 years. He says it will change everything about our lives. The way you shop, travel, invest, educate your children, and even how you take care of your health and your family. You see, he predicted the class of GM. Any man, any man, America's biggest mall owner, he will work property a few years ago. In fact, the world has called his work a dying of prophecy. And it's a real eye-opener. I can't stress this enough. You should at least watch this free video online today. He explained everything you need to know, including simple steps you can take to protect yourself. You can find the video at www.aceofamerica10.com. Although this video may be offensive to some audiences, it's worth checking out. Again, that's www.aceofamerica10.com. My name's John. I've been having problems with my blood pressure for years. My doctors tried everything without much success. I heard about extended life from a friend and thought, why not give it a try? For three months now, 
My doctor's very pleased with how my blood pressure's finally coming down. I have a lot more energy than I've had in a long time. It's working for me. For 12 years now, I've been helping people. My name is Don Lipkin, and I want you to know Extend Life works. If you're looking for more energy or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. This is Jack Blood, your radio phone. You're listening to Oracle Broadcasting Network, the home of tyranny, smashing, cutting-edge talk radio. Okay, we're back on what on earth is happening. Before the break, we were looking at image number three in the dove symbolism section on my website at whatonearthishappening.com. You can find that by clicking the radio listen page and looking at images for tonight's show, March 8, 2011, listed there under the player. In image number three, to the right-hand side, we saw Mary as the goddess of night holding a child, and uh, symbolically bearing the, the sun, which is Jesus, there under her cloak at the bottom, uh, of, underneath the crescent moon there. And she's being crowned because the goddess is traditionally referred to as the queen of the heavens. Okay? But moreover, we want to look at the deep esoteric side of the symbolism from a perspective of what it represents about our consciousness and physiology as well. Uh, the human brain, as I've uh, shown multiple times in the past on this show, um, is broken into three basic complexes. The R-complex, or the reptilian brain, which is the lower base instinctual fight-or-flight mechanism of the brain, the reactive uh, part. And then we have the uh, limbic system, which helps us to experience human emo- emotions through um, the uh, chemicals that it can generate. Basically, it helps us to feel the repercussions of our actions uh, toward other people. And then we have the neocortex, or the human brain, which is, uh, controls higher brain functions and truly makes us human because it lets us engage in scientific thought, logic, reason. Uh, also, the sacred feminine or right hemispherical side of it helps us to uh, develop intuition, uh, nurturing, compassion, creativity, etc. All the things that truly uh, make us human beings. So um, in this image, what you're really seeing here is the qualities, the emotional qualities of self. It's, it's about true care, okay? It's about the nurturing or, or intuitive qualities, the intuitive qualities of the self. And it is about the midbrain or the human limbic brain, the positive emotions that we generate through the limbic system, which is the part of the brain that really has to be uh, used in conjunction with the neocortical brain, okay? There needs to be a good two-way communication going, okay? And that only happens uh, between these two complexes in the brain when we have a balance between the left and right brain hemispheres, as we've talked about ad infinitum on this show in past shows, okay? So when we do that, 
the limbic brain is operating in its proper capacity to keep the lower base instincts of the reptile complex, the R complex of the brain, in its proper uh, place. It, it keeps it at bay so that we don't always chronically live in that fight or fight or flight modality. And that's what you are seeing here. The goddess, okay, the emotional qualities, the limbic system or the mammalian brain, the midbrain, okay, is acting in its capacity to basically generate true care, which is the protective quality that keeps us from the extreme negative consequences of the R-complex of the brain, which is shown there at the very bottom in both of these examples, the R-complex, okay? And you have, in, in both of the examples, the, um, the sacred feminine is giving birth to the child of right moral action, symbolically depicted by Jesus in this image, in, on the right-hand side, and symbolically depicted by the symbol for Jesus on the left-hand image, which is the sun, with the three, first three letters of the name of Jesus, IHS, or in Greek, that is, uh, that is uh, Iota, Eta, Sigma, which is the first three letters of Jesus' name in the Greek language there on the sun, uh, in, in Mary's chest, the location uh, directly at the heart, because, again, she's the emotional qualities She's the midbrain, uh, and she is true care. That's ultimately what this represents symbolically, and that is a connection to our childlike qualities of innocence. Okay, innocence is really what this is ultimately about, and uh, if we have those, we'll be protected from the extraordinary negative aspects of the uh, reptilian modality of consciousness, which is what we want to allay, which is what we, what we want to keep at bay to the extent which is, it is within our capability. We want it in its proper place uh, to be used when it is truly needed and not to rule us, not to rule over the other aspects of our self and personality. Now, let's move on to image number four, where we see an image of Christopher Columbus and the... Uh, Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Now, what I'm getting at here, th this is goddess symbolism because we have to look at the names of, the, of this person and the name of the place which is ostensibly named after him, okay? We call the, the, the Capitol, the seat of government in the United States, uh, of the federal government, we call it Washington, D.C. Uh, Washington, of course, named after the first president, George Washington, and D.C. standing for District of Columbia. Now, ostensibly, okay, this is named after the founder of the entire lands of America, Christopher Columbus, okay? And this is not really why it is named Washington, D.C. As a matter of fact, Columbus uh, was not actually named Christopher Columbus. This is an Americanized uh, variant of this name. His actual name was Cristobal, Cristobal Colon, okay? And they took that name and morphed it to make it more akin to the name that they really wanted to name uh, the, the, the capital of this country after, which was named after the dove, Colum, okay? Colum in the French language means dove. And this is the variant for dove in many different languages, okay? It's basically the Romance language root of the word for dove in English, okay? So you can look at it in Spanish, and it'll be similar to Kulum. 
In French, it is Kulum. Okay? This is the symbol, the symbolic name of the goddess, because the, the, the goddess who they are naming the District of Columbia after is Columbia, and she is named from the dove. Christopher Columbus is named after the dove, Kulum. Okay? It's not named after Columbus. In effect, they were giving him the goddess's name and then naming the capital after the goddess. And atop the capital dome, which is a feminine breast analog, okay? It is a sacred feminine symbol of nurturing, okay? Atop, of course, that is not what is going on in this building. I'm just saying that's what it's supposed to be putting the idea into your mind. This is the mother, okay? And Congress, as we said before, uh, previously uh, in the first hour, is about union between male and female. It's supposed to be where um, higher quality minds meet who are balanced, who do have the, the sacred feminine emotion that is balancing their action, that is actually guiding their, their moral action in the world. Of course, we've fallen horribly from this path. The kind of people who are in there... Uh, they have no balance and they are completely uh, selfishly motivated and are just just acting as uh, pillagers and rapists of of uh, this land, okay? And ultimately, they are raping what was originally supposed to be uh, almost like a temple erected to the goddess atop this temple, which is the uh, Capitol building. There is a depiction of the goddess Columbia. They call it the goddess freedom, and this is what the original symbolism of the goddess, okay, the dove, the illuminated torch, okay, the goddess herself depicted as the divine mother. It is supposed to represent truth and freedom. This is what she actually represents in many uh, ancient mystical traditions, going back to Egypt, going back to Sumer, and even predating that. She is truth and justice. She is the goddess of love. And that's what sits atop the Capitol building. We'll be back right after this. Well, that's all. We'll be back on the Intel Hub radio show. The following of Cutting Edge Talk Radio is online, worldwide, at oraclebroadcasting.com. So, Mark. Hey, Bob, what's up? Those breaks creep in on you, huh? Yes. Amazon.com has become a leader in It's audio. a little bit easier when you can see the actual clock. Um, trying to keep it up. That reminds me, I need to get you that sound box that counts down for it. Movies and music. Full range of electronics. Computer in office. Sports and outdoors. Dry, storable, and organic food. And music's a little difficult to always hear. Old and guarded and much more. Especially if you're talking. Not only offers over 10,000 online products, but also operates retail websites that offers programs that enable you to sell your products online. By making your purchases through Amazon.org. Yeah, that, that uh, goddess of the Columbia comes up a lot. You know, there's Columbia Records, of course. That as a symbol. Yeah, I'm going to bring that up, Every day, actually, the Lauren Hill, um, a popular pop artist at one point, she was um, fired from them for actually 
going out and talking about some of this occult uh, wow. stuff. That one, we need deeply ready. She talks about it. Anyway, it's uh, an interesting uh, person, Lauren Hill. She wrote a book and it basically blacklisted her for coming out and speaking the truth. Leading wow. great restaurants vegetables, dairy products, and other high-quality ingredients. That stuff is awesome. And it's available in a single packet for less okay, we got about 36 people in the chat. It can be 91 cents nice. or less, depending on it. Not anybody bad. Calls, How's anybody the calls in posture? Um, well, there's about maybe 10 people in there. Something like that, maybe. Oh, hey. 12. Oh, you can try. Cool. Bob, if somebody calls in, just um, you know, text me and uh, put them through. All right. Fifty seconds. Stand by. The Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey water filtration systems. The Berkey light systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable light purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, and parasites to non-detectable levels, and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $209, and the Berkey Guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey Guy at one 886 3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. All right, you're listening to the Intel Hub Radio Show, and now here's more with Mark Passio with his segment called What on Earth is Happening? All right, folks, we're back. And uh, before the break, we were talking about dove symbolism, and we were addressing the name that is traditionally ascribed to the goddess, which is Columbia. It's uh, named after the dove. In uh, Romance languages, the root of uh, the, the word dove is kalum. Okay? So... The District of Columbia is actually named for this goddess. And this is the positive aspect of the goddess. That is the intent here. It has become uh, surrounded by the negative aspects of the goddess and used as a mechanism for control. And we saw in uh, uh, last week's show how the owl, which is the dark element of care, is, surrounds the Capitol building and is actually... Uh, symbolically, uh, the, the roads that surround the capital is actually symbolically putting the positive aspects of the goddess or this goddess of freedom inside of the belly of the beast, the owl, which is used to represent the dark occult. Okay, we saw that last week and at the beginning of this week's show. Um, moving forward to image number five, let's look at how the name Columbia comes up and this goddess symbolism comes up in modern culture. So we're looking at the um, image for Columbia Pictures, a major uh, uh, motion picture studio okay, that puts forth tons of, uh, of movies in Hollywood. All right? And we see here the goddess depicted atop a, uh, a pyramidal-shaped stair- staircase, okay, a platform. Right? She's in the same colored robes as Mary is traditionally depicted because this is the same goddess throughout many different traditions. Um, 
She is holding the illuminated torch, which we saw last week was goddess symbolism and is symbolic of the light or the bearing of the child, okay, the sun, the light of the sun. And it is also the, the way shower to knowledge, okay, to understanding what proper moral action in the world really is, to understanding one's rights, to understanding what one does not have the right to do to knowing what is the action that is required of us in the world, okay? And understanding uh, has to be built before we can really take any major action in the world. But once we have that understanding, we need to put it into practice and, and not just sit on it, not just say, okay, I know, and that's enough. The, the, the final goal, which truly brings light to the world, is to really uh, is, has to do with what we do with what we know, right action and that's true wisdom uh the as i've said before on the show <clears throat> i've quoted the the chinese philosopher yang ming and he said that to know and not to do is not to know and i would suggest that those are words of wisdom indeed so that's what ultimately that illuminated torch represents its will that is born of uh, the emotional qualities the, the, the true care that has to be born in the heart, which rep is represented by the goddess, okay? So, again, Columbia. There, you may find that in some allegorical movies uh, put out by Columbia Pictures, but they're, they're playing on this deep esoteric symbolism to, to sell their movies. Make no mistake about it. They know the people who chose that symbol as their, the symbol of their movie house know what it represents. And that's why they're choosing it, to, to basically get you to watch, buy, and go to, their, to see their movies. We see goddess symbolism in the next image in Starbucks logo, which we talked about when we uh, had the, uh, talked about the symbology of symbolism of astrotheology um, a couple of weeks back. So um, here again, you can see the crescent moon. Just look at the, the uh, points of uh, where the, um, the, the uh, image basically hits the circle, where the, the image of what would be her, her tail, okay, if you're looking at this as some sort of a mermaid, again, she, the goddess is the goddess of the waters in ancient symbolism as well. But uh, you can see that there is in, uh, in the inner circle there a crescent moon shape right around her head. Okay, where the fins and then the crown and stars sit. And again, the moon symbolism is connected with uh, the goddess and the dove. Okay, if we look at image number seven, Columbia Records, we see that it is connected with the name Columbia, of course, Kalum, the root of the word dove. Okay, and this has a symbolic representation, this logo of the all-seeing eye depicted uh, below. And we can even see that it has the same lines below that are uh, attributed to the eye of Horus, which we looked at as um, symbolic of the all-seeing eye when we looked at uh, the eye symbolism a couple of weeks back. So this is a symbolic representation of the sun that the goddess bears. Okay? We saw that the eye of Horus is always depicted as a left eye because it is connected with the right brain. Okay? The right brain hemisphere controls the left side of the body. A true eye of Horus is always the left eye of Horus, ne never the right eye, because the right eye is connected with the left brain hemisphere. 
and the nurturing, uh, intuitive, creative qualities which ultimately bear proper moral action or conscience into existence, into the world, through us, uh, happens through the left eye, which because symbolically it is not symbolically, physiologically, it is connected to the right hemisphere of the brain. But symbolically, that's why the left eye is used to depict the eye of Horus, the mother of Isis in the Egyptian tradition, who are, are symbolic analogs in the Christian tradition. The, um, the, the son is, of course, Jesus, and the mother is Mary. In image number eight, we see the uh, shield of um, Columbia University. Columbia University. Okay, with three crowns being depicted, okay, as the, another representation of the Trinity, the Masonic square, the color blue, which represents receiving, okay, or basically right brain qualities. In other words, receive this. It's connected with the Trinity, okay? It's on the square, as a term is used in Freemasonry to basically represent upright uh, action, okay? Okay. Uh, I would suggest that uh, the square definitely means other things than simply that, uh, uh, specifically when it is used in its inverted configuration, not in the configuration that you see it there, which is pointed upward, okay? But uh, basically, uh, again, they're using symbolism of the Trinity and colors and frequencies combined Okay, to represent something that is supposed to get you to upright action, which is your education. I would suggest that this aspect of the goddess has also been raped or perverted because uh, modern university so-called education is basically outcome-based education. It is not teaching the true trinity of a true uh, classical education like the trivium of uh, um grammar, logic, and rhetoric, okay, which is what those three crowns ultimately represent, um, and it is basically an indoctrination system. So this is another symbolic way that the goddess is, is denigrated, okay? Uh, in image number nine, Columbia Sportswear, here we see the name Columbia used again in conjunction with uh, something that uh, we should wrap ourselves in, okay, namely clothing, it's connected with the sun symbol here on the left-hand side. Again, you'll often see moon and sun symbolism used in conjunction with, with this name because it's supposed to represent the goddess, and the goddess is always connected with both the moon and the sun. She is the moon herself, and then she, connect, she connects with the sun because that is what she brings into existence. Again, the moon gives way in the night sky to give birth to the sun at dawn. So we see a swastika here, a symbolic swastika as part of Columbia Sportswear's logo. Uh, the swastika is an ancient symbol representing the sun and its movement throughout the course of the year. Again, the cross, okay, and then the directional, the directional aspects represented by the arms of the cross. It, it, it symbolically depicts the sun and its movement on the cross of the zodiac. In image number 10, I'm moving a little bit quicker here because I want to get to the sacrifice aspect of this before time runs out. Um, this is a great image that's very composite. It shows multiple aspects of goddess symbolism tag-teamed on this uh, image of a Visa credit card. And what this is symbolically designed to basically elicit 
through the subconscious mind. Um, this Visa credit card is showing a lighthouse, a moon on the horizon, and a dove in a hologram there. And you'll also see the North Shore Credit uh, credit Union, North Shore Federal Credit Union's logo above, uh, depicting the waters, the lighthouse, and the square all combined. We'll get back to the breakdown of this symbolism in a moment. Here's another break coming up. I'll be right back, folks. Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listen to podcasts, attend Well, wow, time flies, man. Certain websites. And watch Especially with those pesky commercials. I mean, those pesky commercials really help make it go fast. Stickers. Is your buddy there? I think I heard him coughing uh, in the background. Yeah, yeah. That's my friend Walt. He's, he's actually been on as a guest in the past when we talk about ego-bound consciousness. Oh yeah, yeah, I think I remember him. Is is Walt? Uh, Walt, did you do the uh, intro too as well? Is that the same guy or no? No, that's another friend. Oh, okay. Uh, Walt's Walt's a deep uh, seeker and studier and uh, student and teacher. Find. Um, hey, that email I sent you, by the way, uh, just now is an email of another host on Oracle Broadcasting. Okay. And uh, I told him I'd, I'd put you guys in touch. Great. He said he'd like to have Don. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, he's also having William Ramsey on this week. You know who Ramsey is? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of him. I mean, he, he, um, he gets into the occult, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly right. And, and your research overlaps from what I understand, so... Uh, people are saying in the chat, good work, Bob. This guy seems to know his stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, let's see. I asked for their feedback. Yeah, I, I, I definitely suggest to them to go to the site, download the uh, the archives. You know? uh-huh. that's, that's the way to really get deep yeah. into this. Well, it just keep going full circle with it, dude. You got it, man. Find out more. Oracle.org. Yeah. And thank you. All right, I, we have I about a minute left. Final segment. Radio Network. What's that? Radio Network. Insight to uh, coming into Oracle. Around the world. My uh, subscription to the mailing list is like millions with more than consider our largest. Oh, great! From all the Oracle stuff you've yeah. been doing. Yeah. And plus that with Jan. Yeah, definitely, dude. Immune system and to create healthy. So great, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad it could help. Um, we got uh, 30 seconds here. And uh, for the last minute or so, uh, let's hand it over so I can wrap it up. Thanks, man. Stand by. Strive to give you the best service, highest quality, and rapid shipping anywhere. And we offer free shipping on orders over $95 in the U.S. Please visit us at hempusa.org or call 908-691-2608. That's 908-691-2608. See what our powder, seeds, and oil can do for you at hempusa.org. Radio X. With your host, Jimmy X. Sundays at noon of the Oracle Broadcasting Network. 
Folks, we're back on what on earth is happening on the Oracle Broadcasting Network, part of the Intel Hub Radio Show. I'm your host, Mark Passio, my website, whatonearthishappening.com. We are discussing goddess symbolism, and we are on image number 10 in the section called Dove Symbolism on my website. Um, we were looking at a Visa credit card and all of the different depictions of goddess symbolism that are, are basically... Uh, throughout uh, this uh, this image, we see the illuminated torch, which is goddess symbolism, symbolically depicted as the lighthouse, which is basically a, a huge torch. Okay, we see the moon, okay, in its full aspect on the horizon. Okay, and the moon is goddess symbolism. It is the the goddess is the moon, and then we see the dove on the right hand side in the hologram in the color blue. Blue, again, associated with the right brain, uh, of the frequency that says, accept this or take this, okay? See it as something that is good, all right? That's what blue does. We have this hologram there some, uh, representing a dove, and uh, we see North Shore Credit, Federal Credit Union, and we see above that other depictions of the goddess, the goddess of the waters, okay? The lighthouse, uh, light acting as a guide. This is all symbolic of knowledge, which the goddess represents, truth, which she represents, and the emotional qualities of self represented by the moon there and the dove. Okay, And, of course, Visa isn't providing any of these things. They're just putting the sacred symbolism on something that they want you to take. And using symbol, using color or frequency... Okay, to basically put the idea in your mind that this is associated with all of those ideas. Because deep in our ancestral memory, deep in the subconscious, we understand already what this symbolism represents. It's just we need to bring it up to a conscious level so that we understand how it's being used. Symbolism in and of itself is never positive or negative. It's how it's used. Okay? And in this example, it's used very subversively against the human consciousness. It's selling a product through basic, traditional, sacred, archetypal forms, okay? And that's a form of mind control. Any way you want to look at it, that's what it is. In the next image, image number 11, the last image in this section, before we talk about how the goddess is always symbolically destroyed, uh, we see in royalty, in specifically British royalty, they use the dove on top of their scepters or wands of power, okay? And they're basically saying, you know, we represent the truth. We represent the light. We represent knowledge. We represent wisdom, okay? We have the divine right to rule. They're putting this on top of their scepter, knowing that this is a powerful uh, subconscious archetype so that people will associate all of the positive qualities of the goddess through the dove with them. Another extraordinary example of how symbolism is used subversively when it comes to people who have no good intentions for humanity, but want people to think that they're good. Okay? So we also see the uh, equal armed cross uh, as a symbolism atop uh, different scepters used by the British royal family. And um, 
we saw this symbolism when we looked at astrotheological symbolism uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, again, those are in the archive section, the podcast archive on my website. I do uh, specifically uh, want people to go up there and make use of that because it's an extraordinary uh, uh, fountain of information there over the last 50 weeks, which I've put together on this show, delving into all areas of arcane and esoteric knowledge that I hope people will avail themselves of. Uh, it's all for free. You can download any of them and put them on your uh, whatever MP3 playing device that you have at your disposal. So uh, please make use of that resource at whatonearthishappening.com. Um, in the next section, what we're going to talk about is how dark occultists, who are ultimately running the show, always attempt to destroy, immolate, burn, or murder this goddess in some form or another. And these are done as sacrifice rituals, often in the light of day. Okay, and we're going to look at a few examples of this. The first image there, I depicted, uh, I, I uh, found an example just simply of the, the white dove being burned. And they, they burnt this dove to symbolically represent the burning away of peace. Okay, the dove represents peace because it represents getting in touch with the positive aspects of emotions, which is really the only way to, to lead to peace. And uh, th this was offered up as a burnt sacrifice or a burnt offering. And, and this was often done to basically bring forward the emotional qualities that were uh, needed to, to foster conditions that were ne necessary for warfare. Okay, They're burning the dove of peace, or they're removing it, or they're murdering it. Okay, we're going to see examples of this over and over, and you have to keep an open mind because this is often something that is deeply mystically connected. Uh, th this is something that the universe may be telling us about in addition to some of these dark occultists. Okay, so we have to understand this could be examples of synchro mysticism, as it has been called. All right, in image number two, we talked about this in the first hour the dove being the symbol of the Trinity, but it is the removal of the sacred feminine divine mother aspect of the Trinity of father, mother, and child. The mother has been removed and told not, it is not to be worshipped in the Christian tradition. You know, it's, it's blasphemy if you worship Mary. She's just uh, the vehicle for bringing, physically bringing Jesus into the world. Okay? And this is a denigration of the divine mother. Okay, they're, they're making it into a ghost, the Holy Ghost, they used to call it before they called it the Holy Spirit. And the ghost is something that remains only after something is physically gone from the world, which they're telling you symbolically the care is physically gone from the world. Okay, they're very specific why the symbolism is used and what it's saying to us if we only know how to read it. Now, the, the sacrifice element. Dark occultists ultimately want to destroy care. They do this at Bohemian Grove, the cremation of care. They take a child, put it on the water, burn it before the owl. Okay? They put the goddess freedom inside the owl at the Capitol Dome. Okay? In a, the owl surrounds it completely. Freedom is in the belly of the beast, the, the symbol of the dark occult. Okay? Then they put the goddess on war memorials you'll always see a depiction of the goddess, often depicted with wings like an angel, on a war memorial. And different researchers have suggested that they are symbolically sacrificing, because war is a human sacrifice ritual. Let's be honest about it. 
We no longer basically need to uh, force people up pyramids to cut their heart out with obsidian blades like they did in the Aztec Empire, or they thought that the sun wouldn't shine if they didn't do it, if they didn't continuously offer blood to the earth. But the solar cult that is ultimately ruling things here still does have that belief in general. Believe it or not, as crazy as that may sound, they believe that the only way life is allowed to continue is through the offering of blood, because they believe that the blood, the life force is in the blood, as we talked about when we talked about life force symbolism, represented by blood drops in, in symbolism, and they believe that blood must continuously be offered to the earth in order for life on the earth to continue. That is actually one you of the... You guys are energy vampires, Mark. That's exactly the case. That's exactly right. So it's not just our blood, it's our life force. That's right, and that's what they're stealing, and that's what they're sacrificing to their go dark goddess. Now, the, the goddess here is not what they are sacrificing to. That's what they are sacrificing. They are symbolically destroying the goddess of care by taking out all of these physical individuals through the ritualistic act of warfare. Because that's what it is. It's a, a battlefield is a, is a, is a ritual uh, altar. That's what it is. Sure, and these false flag attacks like 9-11, which you've talked about many times, and the symbolism at your website, uh, what on earth is happening. Uh, folks, that about does it for another edition of the Intel Hub radio show. Mark, thanks so much for another great What on Earth is Happening. Bob, always a pleasure, and uh, it's, uh, it's an honor to be part of the Intel Hub radio show here on Oracle Broadcasting. I hope people will uh, go to my website, check out the podcast archives, uh, and follow uh, this show uh, in the tapestry that it attempts to provide for a deeper understanding. Check out my website at whatonearthishappening.com, and uh, thanks for having me as always, Bob. Sure, not a problem. really is a wealth of information. He has many podcasts, and you got to follow it all. It all connects. It's a puzzle, if you will, and you got to collect those pieces and see when they fit, and when they don't fit, so be it, but when they do, they certainly do fit. Uh, coming up next, uh, Lee Rogers with Live Free or Die. You're listening to the Oracle Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Tuskin, and this has been the Intel Hub Radio Show. <laughs>